This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Petri Wine brings you... Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce in the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. Well, here's the patio of Dr. Watson's Northern California bungalow, but where's the doctor? Yeah, Mr. Bartell, out here in the garden. Okay, I'll be right there. Oh, sitting by the fish pond, huh, Doctor? Yes, my boy, it's rather pleasant out here for a change. Has it ever occurred to you how stupid the expression of a goldfish is, Mr. Bartell? <laughs> I can't say I've ever given it much thought, Doctor. Why? Well, look at this foolish little fellow here with his silly little mouth opening and closing as though he were being constantly astonished. <laughs> what is this? I thought you were a fish lover. Yes, I am, but as I was brooding over tonight's story, that little goldfish seemed to be making faces at me as though it were trying to remind me of how my face must have looked on a certain June evening in 1890. It sounds to be as if you're going to tell a story against yourself, Doctor. I'm, I am, young fellow, my lad. What happened? One Sunday morning in 1890, I dropped round to visit my friend in Baker Street. Mrs. Hudson told me that he was out, but suggested that I wait in our old rooms for his return, and promised me a pot of strong tea and some buttered scones as an inducement. As I walked into the sitting room, I was astonished to see Holmes standing there, a bag in one hand and a coat in the other. What, my dear sir? How are you? Hello, I'm fine, Holmes. I'm surprised to see you, though. Mrs. Hudson told me that you were out. I have been, Watson. I can't. Just turned by my private entrance for some, uh, some necessary apparatus. Oh, can I come with you? My wife's away now. And uh, my practice is quite slack at the moment. Not even my trusty old friend Watson can accompany me on this case. Oh, really? It's business, old fellow. fate of two nations hangs in the balance. I must work alone. Sorry to leave you like this. Goodbye. Oh, uh, well, Mrs. Hudson's making me some tea and some buttered scones. Can't you wait and share them with me? Uh-uh. Good old Watson. You're the one fixed point in a changing age. Empires may be tottering, and you talk of tea and butter scones. Well, uh, I'm sorry about you going home, so goodbye, old man. Don't look to say, old fellow. When the time comes, I'll tell you all about the case, and you can write it up in your memoirs. Goodbye. Well, I'm afraid my appetite disappeared when Mr. Holmes left. It didn't, did it? First thing you've eaten them all just the same. Well, oh, so sorry, so sorry. I've got a surprise for you, Doctor. <laughs> Inspector Lestrade is downstairs. He came to see Mr. Holmes. Mm. But when I told him he was out, the inspector said he'd like to see you. Oh, he did? Oh, splendid. Ask him to come up, will you please, Mrs. Hudson? I said. Will you come up, please, Inspector? Uh, thank you, Mr. Hudson. Can I butt me up a few more scones, Doctor? No, 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 thank you. I, I really couldn't eat them. I'll go and make some more just the same. You'll eat them if I think. No, 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 really, no, no, I won't thank you. Ah, oh, oh, there you are, Lestrade. Oh, uh, Dr. Watson, here's a pretty kettle of fish and no mistake. Well, what's the trouble? I want Mr. Holmes' help on a most important case. Uh, where's he gone? Oh, he's out on a very, um, 
secret, madam. Well, you know where he is, Doctor? Naturally, I know where he is, Lestrade. My old friend never keeps me in the dark. But I'm not at liberty to tell you. Perhaps I can uh, help you a bit. After all, I'm not exactly unfamiliar with my friend's methods. That's true, but uh, just the same. <laughs> oh, well, Doctor, two eggs are always better than one. Even if one is a sheep's head, as my old mother used to say. Are you suggesting that I'm a sheep's head? No, I'm not suggesting anything, Doctor. I'm just telling you what my old mother used to say. I'm really not interested in what your old mother used to say. And uh, now, Lestrade, your problem, please. It's simple enough, Doctor. A German diplomat, Graf Otto von Eldenstein, his name is, is in England on a very secret mission. Uh, Graf Otto von Eldenstein. I've heard of him. Continue. Well, this von Eldenstein is staying at the manor house at Anton Wick, not far out of London. This morning, somebody slipped past his guards and threw a bomb into his study. His secretary was killed, and he would have been too, if it hadn't been that he'd left the room a few minutes earlier. Well, these second-hand investigations are a little useless, sir. We were supposed to go down to the manor house at Hampton Wick and examine the situation on the spot. Uh, get out the timetable and look up the next train, will you? Oh, sir. And while you're doing that, I'll go and tell Mrs. Hudson where I'm going. Well, uh, right you are, Doctor. Doctor, I was just bringing them up to you. Scones? Who can think of scones when an empire is toppling? Well, you're sure you're feeling quite well, Doctor. Of course I am. Now, listen, Mrs. Hudson. If Mr. Holmes should return, please tell him that I've gone to Hampton Wick with Inspector Lestrade to investigate the von Heldenstein's business. The von Heldenstein's business? Oh, Doctor, I tell him that. Uh, Mr. Holmes didn't tell you where he was going, did he? No, Doctor, he didn't. I see. Well, uh, thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Thank you. Are you sure you don't want the scones, Doctor? Oh, well, 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 you might, might just well take them. Uh, I guess a uh, scone could eat them. Ah, uh, yes, a one, Doctor. <laughs> well, this is rather exciting. Just the same. I wish I knew what Holmes was doing at this moment. You are Herr Sherlock Holmes? Yes, I presume Graf Otto von Hildenstein is expecting me. Yeah, Herr Holmes. He was so anxious that you would come here to the manor house. I let him into the house. I got his summons. He's very weak. He has lost much blood from the injuries he received this morning. Injuries that no one knows about, eh? None, Herr Holmes. Only I, his old and faithful servant, knows. Uh, follow me, please. I will take you to him. France? Is that you, France? Yeah, Herr Graf. And with me is Herr Sherlock Holmes. Ah. Thank heaven you are here, Holmes. I hope I can be of service to you, sir. Uh, you can. You can be of great service. Sit close to my bed, Holmes. I have not much strength to speak. I'm listening, Herr Graf. You, you must impersonate me. Uh, so I gathered when I received your message. I, I am in England on a most delicate and important mission for the German government. It's in a few weeks, your government 
Und mein will conclude a treaty outlining the German and British spheres of interest in Africa. I see. Obviously, that bomb was thrown this morning by someone who does not wish to see the treaty be concluded. Yeah, exactly, Herr Holmes. That is why you must impersonate me. In 24 hours' time, I should be well enough to resume my work. Uh, in the meanwhile, you can keep the secret of my injuries and also have the opportunity of finding the assassin. I'm quite prepared to undertake the impersonation, sir, but um, how can I possibly hope to deceive the members of your personal staff? Uh, with the exception of Franz here and poor Fräulein Ullmeier, who was killed in the explosion, but injured me, uh, my staff is new. Uh, they have joined me here from the mm -hmm. German consulate in London. Mm -hmm. uh, they will believe that you are me. Very well, sir. I'll try it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have heard of your skill in the art of disguises. And also, it seems to me, uh, we are not so unlike each other. I was about to comment on that fact myself, sir. Yes, I think that a moustache and side whiskers will work wonders. If I can make the accent reasonably convincing, I... I will coach you, my friend. Splendid. Help me off with my coat, will you, Franz? Get me some towels in the mirror. Jawohl, Herr Holmes. And while I'm applying my makeup, um, Herr Graf, perhaps you will be so good as to give me the complete circumstances regarding this morning's attempt on your life. If I am to impersonate you successfully, I must have all the facts at my fingertips. <laughs> It is amazing, Herr Holmes. Even I can hardly tell you from my master. Yes, I get the wig that puts the finishing touch to my disguise. I to look to you, Herr Graf. Colossal. I feel as if I were looking into a mirror. <laughs> and my accent, you uh, find it reasonably convincing? Oh, yeah, extremely so. Uh, try it once again, Herr Holmes. Yeah, Herr Graf. It gives me the greatest pleasure to do what you ask of me. Prestig <laughs> splendid, Herr Holmes. Splendid. A cab is thrown up at the gate. Two men are getting out. You can see them from the window here. Oh, please possibly off. Wait, Scott. It's Watson, the child. Friends of yours, Herr Holmes. Now, one of them is a, a close friend of mine. In fact, he's my colleague. The other is the detective inspector from Scotland Yard. Oh, you must keep up the deception, even with your friends. As a matter of fact, my friend's investigations will prove an excellent mark for my own search for the assassin. But this is a delicious situation. Ah, I hope they won't recognize me. I am Graf Otto von Hildenstein, gentlemen. Do you wish to see me? How do you do, sir? My name is Watson. Dr. Watson, and this is Inspector Oscar of Scotland Yard. Uh, how do you do, sir? Inspector. Dr. Watson, may I ask if I have the great distinction of addressing the Dr. Watson, friend of Sherlock Holmes? Oh, that is that you know me, Herr Graf. <laughs> but who does not know of the great Dr. Watson? In my country, many people think that you are the real brains of the combination. Tell me, Herr Doctor, is that true? <laughs> I wouldn't exactly say that, sir. <laughs> you, are, you are both come here to investigate what occurred this morning. Yes, we have, sir. Listen to the third. Now sit down, please, sir. If you can find any furniture that is unbroken. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I must say the place is a bit of a mess. And, and now, Herr Graf, please tell us exactly what happened. Yeah. I will tell you everything, Herr Doctor. This morning I was working in here with my secretary, poor Fräulein Ulmer. 
I had occasion to go upstairs to my room to get some necessary papers. As I came down the staircase to return here, I hear a scream from Fräulein Ulmer. Moments later, there was a most frightful explosion. The concussion stunned me. When I came to, my poor secretary was dead. Uh, uh, what people were inside the house at the time of the explosion, Major? The servants were all out of church. The only people here were my secretary who was killed, my servant Franz. I can vouch for him because he was upstairs when I went for my documents. There were three other people in the house, however. Madame Lisa Varona, my hostess and uh, the owner of this house. Young Englishman from the home office. His name is uh, Hilary Adams. The third person in the house was a member of the German embassy, Colonel Schweiger. Then it's uh, just a matter of course questioning the three of them as to their alibis at the time of the, of the explosion. I'll take one of them at a time, Mr. Scott. Ring for that servant fellow. What, what was his name? A front hair dog. It's a rare privilege to watch the master detective at work. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised if my methods teach you quite a bit about the uh, art of detection. Dr. Watson, this is Colonel Schweiger of the German Embassy. Where were you, Colonel Schweiger, when the explosion occurred this morning? I uh, was discussing the military tactics of Clausewitz with one of the guards near the front gates. Uh, what was the name of the guard, sir? Carter. Uh, Mr. Arthur Carter. Uh, I'll, I'll check on that. Uh, thank you. Colonel uh, Schweiger, please, um, please ask Madame Lisa Verona to come in. Sorry, madam. All I want to know is where were you when the explosion occurred this morning? Where was I? In a boudoir, listening to the stupid babblings of the young Englishman, Hilary Adams. Sir Graf, when I offered you my house, I did not know that I would have to put up with it, with a love making of your star. Everywhere you tell No, 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 no. Don't you get so excited, Madam Marana. Quit, quit. Stupid young English puppies making sharp eyes at me. My beautiful house, blue to pieces, and all you doing. Mr. Adams, uh, where were you when the explosion occurred? In Madame Verona's suite. Oh, you swear to that? Of course I do. You may ask her. I've already done so. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Thank you. That's all. That's all you must go. <laughs> well, Todd, did you check on Colonel Schweiger's alibi? Uh, yes, I did. He was telling the truth. He was talking to the colonel when the explosion happened. Yes, me, Herr Doctor. Your examination has not been very successful, has it? Everyone has an alibi. Yes, but the alibis of Madame Verona and the young Englishman and Hilary Adams depend on each other's words. They might be lying. When you've been dealing with criminals as long as I have, Herr Graf, you learn to look far deeper than the obvious. Yes, Lestrade and I shall return to London now and make some inquiries. You'll hear from me, sir, before the day is over. Ah, hmm. Well, I'm much obliged to you, Doctor, for a very nice meal. Although we've been talking in circles. Not entirely, anyway, I... Come to one important decision. Oh, what's that, Doctor? Madame Verona is addicted to the use of drugs. 
The pupils of her eyes were contracted to pinpoints. It's an invariable indication of drug addiction. Uh, Sergeant, you go to Scotland Yard and see what you can find out about her, and I'll go back to my house. You can meet me there later. Sir, the case is resolved. 
Don't see how you figure that one out, Doctor. Elementary, my dear Lestrade, elementary. One of the three people under suspicion followed me to my house tonight. The second bomb was thrown at approximately seven o'clock. Now, it's only a question of finding out which one of the three cannot account for his movements at that time. Then, we'll know the murderer. You want to cross-examine them again, Doctor? Yes, Lestrade. Bring them in, please. One at a time. Colonel Schweiger, where were you at 7 o'clock tonight? Discussing the military tactics of closet with Mr. Carter of the Home Office Guard. Oh, you were doing at 11 o'clock this morning, too. It will take many days of discussions for two students to appreciate all the subtleties of Clausewitz. Yeah, I'll check on that again, Doctor. Thanks, sir. And please ask Madame Verona to come in. Questions and still more questions. Where was I at 7 tonight, you asked me? I was listening to more babbling from that stupid young Englishman. Argue for yourself. Mr. Adams, where were you at 7 tonight? With Madame Verona in her boudoir. There is a curious genius about the pattern of life in this house. Is there not, Doctor? Yeah, I kept on Colonel Spiger's statement, if it's true. He was talking to Carter at 7 o'clock, all right. But could the uh, other two come for themselves, Doctor? Well, once again, they alibied for each other. But this time, I begin to doubt them. Why do you say that here, Doctor? I would accept Madame Verona's alibi for young Adam. Obviously, she loathes the boy and wouldn't perjure herself for him. On the, he, on the other hand, uh, he worships her. And I'm certain that he wouldn't have any scruples about lying to provide an alibi for her. Well, you've got a point there, Doctor. Yes, I regard her with great suspicion. Yes, yes, it's come in. Uh, yes, Mr. Adams? Dr. Watson, I've been worried about Madame Verona. I was afraid you wouldn't believe my alibi for her. Indeed? I have another, uh, an unbiased witness who can testify that Madame Verona was in this house at seven tonight. Come in, France. You avoid me to get there. France, did you see Madame Verona at seven tonight? Yeah. I take her up two glasses of sherry. It was a few minutes before seven. Thank you, France. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Adams. I appreciate your concern. You may, you may go. Seems to me we're still traveling in circles, Doctor. On the contrary, Lestrade, the case is solved. Oh, Gee, you astonish me, huh, Doctor? Who is the guilty party? You'll do in a minute, sir. Lestrade, bring the three suspects in here, please. When they are assembled, I shall give you the solution to the mystery. The mystery is solved. I must apologize for any little inconveniences that you've undergone. You, Madame Verona, and you, Colonel Schweiger, you, Miss Adams, have all unshakable alibis. Therefore, the solution is obvious. My dear friend Sherlock Holmes often said, eliminate the impossible, and whatever remains, no matter how improbable, is the truth. Therefore, the only person that could have thrown both bombs is you yourself. Graf Otto von Hendelstein. Oh, boy. Oh, I believe you're all right. What are you going to say here, Doctor? That I, too, have, Doctor, have an unshakable alibi. Oh, and what is it? I thought that you have, Doctor, when the second bomb was thrown tonight. What on earth are you talking about, sir? I'm alone. Oh, come now, old fellow. That's not true. Oh, Holmes. Holmes, how, how could you? Mr. Holmes. 
shot me. Oh, don't be angry with me, old chap. Oh, you're a complete fool. Oh, that's all. Well, another story. Well, I suppose you've been the expedition to the case, eh? Yes, you thought I have. Oh, good. Then, one day, you'll see me up to the house today. Well, that's big enough already, yes, sir. Well, you're only one mistake. May I advise the victim of mine that you just stated? Eliminate the possible, and then if nothing remains, some part of the impossible must. Colonel Schweiger's alibi is valid. So is Madame Barona, since it was corroborated by the press of front. But what does your alibi with on, Mr. Adams? Madame Barona has told you I was here at seven. Yes, but Madame Barona is addicted to use of drugs. I'm sure that you spotted that fact. Yes, I did. Your mistake was in not drawing the correct conclusion. Mr. Adams' alibi depends on the unsupported word of a drug addict. Now, the use of drugs notoriously destroys, first of all, the sense of time. Any trick such as the resetting of clocks could be worked on her without noticing. Her word on the time alibi is completely valueless. Then Adams is the man who... Metters, why don't you... That's right, Mr. Dar, that's right. Don't let him get away. He's a murderer and a traitor. I go back in Baker Street last night. I may as well tell you that I had my suspicions of Adams from the first. You do? Why? Well, my brother, my craft had told me that he was suspected of being a traitor at heart. He's been under observation for some years. He was purposely given this assignment as a definite test of his integrity. Well, I understand it all now, Holmes. Just the same, I did make an ass of myself in front of Miss Carl. Oh, too. don't worry about it, old man. You can always correct the impression. Yours will be the last word. Oh, I, I mean. Well, when you come to write this story in your memoirs, my dear fellow, you can always do a little, uh, what do you say, uh, re-editing of your own part? Posterity need never know. Doctor, that was really a swell story. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Sort of made me out to be a bit of a fool, huh? Oh, nothing of the kind, Doctor. I agree with Holmes. You did a splendid job. After all, you did line up the suspects for him, didn't you? I did. Come to think of it, I did, didn't I? And you did make the point that Madame Barona was a drug addict. Yes, so I did. And you did say that Mr. Adams' alibi could be a lie. Oh, sure, sure. You're right, I did. I did solve that case for Holmes after all. Mr. Bartell, did anyone ever tell you that you were a very smart young fellow? I wish you and I could work together on a, a case together. Well, we can, starting tonight. No, really? Sure, in celebration of National Wine Week. I brought you a case of Pepsi wine. Mm. And I suggest that we start on it right now with a glass of port. <laughs> what a color. And what a wine. Petri wine. <laughs> you know, that's really good because the Petri family has been making fine wine since the 1800s. For generations, ever since they started the Petri business, the Petri family has been turning luscious California grapes into fragrant, delicious wine. And during all that time, they've been handing on down from father to son, from father to son, all their skill and knowledge and experience. The Petri wine you buy today is the result of all that skill and knowledge and experience. That's why you can't go wrong when you choose a Petri wine. Because Petri took time to bring you good wine. And now, Dr. Watson, what's the prescription for next week? Well, now, next week, Mr. Bartell, I think I can promise you a most entertaining adventure. It concerns a famous magician, a female spy of unusual beauty, and a man even more brilliant than Holmes himself. His older brother, Mycroft. Sounds terrific, Doctor. And before we say goodnight to our friends, I want to remind them that our men overseas need the Merchant Marine to bring them back home. The Merchant Marine got them there, and it'll bring them back if you help. Right now, the Merchant Marine needs experienced mates, engineers, ABs, 
firemen, oil or water tenders, and chief cooks. If you qualify, write or wire collect at once to Merchant Marine, Washington 25, D.C. Bring the boys home. Sherlock Holmes' adventure is written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and was suggested by an incident in Mr. Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Greek Interpreter. Mr. Rathbone appeals through the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, where they are now starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. The Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, Invite you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petri family. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. <laughs>